Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming to you live from the state of California is the Living Artist Podcast. We're going to be talking about art and mindset and things of this nature. So thank you for tuning in, and I will be sending it off to my good friend, Preston. He's here right now. He's here. Listen in. Ah, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Arnold, what a great introduction. I'm honored and humbled to be introduced by the governature. Now, just having some fun here, but I uh, got to love Arnold. Man, talk about somebody who really came to this country and just knocked it out of the park in many different fields, from weightlifting to acting to real estate to politics, and uh, now he's doing a lot of great stuff for the environment. So hats off to you, Arnold. Just having a little fun at the beginning. He was a big part of my childhood, watching movies, growing up with a certain type of mentality. So it was a little homage to Arnold. And uh, yeah, I was working out a little bit before this and Arnold just popped into my brain doing a little bit of strength and resistant training to strengthen my lower body and back. And, you know, it's all about aging well. It's all about getting stronger and, you know, getting our mindset right. It helps with your neuroplasticity. It helps with your strength and your adaptability as you get older. So we should always be incorporating as much as we can into our daily routines for just doing the best we can as human beings and as artists. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. What we are going to talk about today is a little bit about inventory. Ah, the sexy topic of inventory. Yes, you've been waiting for it. No, I was thinking about it because, you know, I have now created well over a thousand paintings in my career. And, you know, I've been lucky and fortunate enough to sell about 60% of that inventory 
which is great, but it still leaves you with a lot of paintings. And I know not everybody is a painter who listens to this, but we're just going to be talking about it from a painter's perspective because, you know, that's what I do. And you can kind of apply what works to you if you're doing something else, you're working in a different medium. But for me, you know, that still leaves a lot of paintings. And the question is, what do you do with a lot of those paintings? Obviously, storage is an issue. Storage seems to be always an issue for artists just in general at every stage of your career. You know, I've been to major studios like Harry Moody and I was just at Brent Estabrook studio and these people all have great storage but it's still an issue the larger you work the more inventory you produce it's kind of difficult to figure out how to store that stuff safely keep it uh, in good condition avoid certain extreme temperatures and whatnot that's something you want to be looking out for but also you know a lot of them have structures built in place where they can put their paintings in and like harry moody has it wrapped each one's individually wrapped and numbered in plastic and it was very efficient and well done but not everybody can do that for me i know when i started out just had to work with what i had i didn't have a lot of storage space so i would hang a lot of my work salon style in my apartment or wherever i was living with my wife like i was like spider man one time in a loft just hanging these paintings right next to each other on this huge wall that was a loft and i think i had a hundred paintings on the wall in our little place i think we had like 1100 square feet or something or, or less i think it might have even been 1050 and we managed to hang like a hundred pieces in there that was a great way to get stuff up off the ground protect it and have it stored in a way that people could not only see it but it's protected it's not going to get damaged and then the other stuff i would just kind of stack and you know use closet space and protect with some plastic some foam even cardboard whatever i could find to put in between the paintings and then cover them and you know store them as much as i could and i liked keeping them in my place because i know it was temperature controlled we weren't having any of these crazy fluctuations like going from 10 degrees to 100 degrees in the summer. That's like a major fluctuation for oil paintings that can really cause it to expand and contract and maybe even crack over time. And I think it does it with acrylics as well. But that's something to keep in mind, obviously, with storage. So it, you know, it depends on what kind of storage you have, but those are some little tips and tricks you can do, like hang as much stuff as you can, you know, use your living space. I used to have a studio when I first moved down here, a studio that I lived in that was tiny. I think it was like four or 500 square feet. And I would use the paintings as like separation between each room. I would like make a little bedroom and I'd make a little living room then, you know, in the hallway to the kitchen. And I would put these paintings in between. And it was kind of this artistic way of separating rooms that didn't really exist in the place while also having them protected and on view. So you can do that. You can storm. You can obviously rent out a storage space. You can rent out a storage facility, but you've got to worry about how those are being maintained what the temperature is going to be like in there, what the humidity is going to be like in there. Same thing with a garage, which is like my studio right now is kind of a converted garage, but I do have temperature control in there and filters, air filters, and I go in there and monitor the temperature a lot and I try to keep it so it doesn't fluctuate too much. You can also get humidifiers, I mean dehumidifiers, things like that. These are all things to keep in mind when you're storing your stuff. But one other element of this, let's say you're starting out and you're just building your inventory, which we all need to do. You know, you got to start somewhere. You're going to have a lot of pieces you're cranking out and you might not be selling very well at the beginning, obviously. So you're going to start amassing a group of paintings or whatever your medium is. And that's all fine and good. And you learn that way and you get better that way and you figure out how to store that way and you figure out how to use your materials and everything. You're just honing your craft and you're learning what it's like, the business of being an artist and having a studio and having storage space. But you get to a place where 
you know, you want to start to be a little bit cognizant of quality, right? I mean, we're all striving to have quality. When I started out, I thought my stuff was like the best shit out there, right? And I'm sure everybody does when they start out. But looking back, I had some pieces that were wonderful that still stand the test of time to this day, 20 years later or 18 years later. And some of those things that I still sell that were from a different era, a different style, a different decade, even from, you know, a different century. Yeah, I've sold some stuff from, you know, a past century when I was working even. And that's great. But I also have those pieces that really didn't stand the test of time. And that, you know, as a whole, if you're looking at your inventory, can bring it down, can bring the quality down a little bit. Now, you have to be very careful about your objectivity when it comes to this. Maybe get a second and third opinion from people. What are the quality pieces? What still holds up? What's something you can maybe either think about painting over or getting rid of or donating or, or whatever. I like to recycle all my stuff. So I find a lot of old pieces that no longer serve me or are no longer at that quality level. Or let's say a piece that is a little bit newer, maybe it's a year or two old and it didn't really pass the test, the litmus test after a while, giving it some space and time and looking back, maybe I'll have a series of like 10 pieces and this is the weak link. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. You're the weak link. And maybe it even has some problems with color, like something that I couldn't really match on a photograph or something, or it has a little bit of a, you know, something that's questionable about the piece that you'd maybe be worried about shipping it to a collector across the world and have them look at it and go like, oh, you know what, this doesn't really hold up to the picture. This doesn't really hold up to the color that you represented, or this maybe is uh, partially damaged, or it has some flaw in the structure that could be something that the collector is going to be like, ah, raise an eyebrow to and say, you know, maybe this isn't the best purchase and I want to return this. So I look for stuff like that, that either doesn't hold up quality wise and or has maybe one of those other elements to it that's going to be a problem when I'm shipping to a collector uh, or somebody buys something online hasn't seen the piece in person I will go okay that's what I use to filter out and weed out some of the older ones or some of the newer ones that aren't holding up and then paint over those and that's great because you're recycling materials you're getting new stuff those paintings still exist you know you can still catalog them but you know it still counts towards like your inventory as far as how many paintings you've painted and your growth as an artist but you can also use it as a new canvas or like i use wood or whatever the structure is a lot of the recycled materials that i've used i can also recycle the painting that i've painted on them recycle it again or upcycle it again and then paint a new painting on top of that. And some of those end up being like my best pieces because I really take it seriously. I don't want to waste an old piece. So I come in at the top of my game and I paint as well as I can. I mean, I'm always painting as well as I can, but it just adds another little element to it that gives you a kick in the ass to, to paint at your best. And also what I love about it is sometimes the underpainting can serve as a little extra texture or like a little under color that might show through I have some stuff like that that shows through in some of my pieces that adds a little texture or color and it really enhances the piece. So it has even another element to it. So recycling stuff can be very powerful. The one thing you want to be wary of is like, for me, I paint on a lot of acrylic stuff over some acrylic stuff because that's a good base for oil. Or if you want to paint over acrylic on acrylic, that's typically fine too. You do have to be careful with oil. If you have a really textured oil piece and then you want to paint over that with a thin layer of oil, that's going to maybe create some sort of cracking situation down the road or even bubbling or warping. Like when it comes to these temperatures of like the expanding and contracting of the paint, if you've got a thick layer that's still, some of these really thick layers of oil, I have 
had for years that are still not 100% dry. So imagine putting a thin layer of oil over that and then those drying all the way, contracting and then expanding with heat and temperature, it's going to cause some cracking. Now I have some pieces that have cracked a bit that are really cool and it adds a little element to it. That's fine. But you want to just be cognizant of all those things. You want to be making sure that you're putting out the best quality that you can. Because that's what we're talking about when we're talking about inventory. I want people to come into my studio and be like, every single piece is just like top of my game. Every piece that I show online is top of my game. Every once in a while, you know, as you get better, you're going to look back on some stuff and go, oh, wow, this really holds up. And oh, wow, this really doesn't hold up. So you can do a constant weeding out process as you get better, as you get better as an artist, as you look back on some old inventory, you can weed out some stuff, you can highlight all the good things. And pretty soon you're going to have like hundreds, if not thousands of pieces that are just on point high quality, and you can either recycle the other ones or at least just hold them off as something in your private collection that maybe later on down the road, you can do a retrospective and pull some of these out of the woodworks and maybe some of them surprise you later on and go, oh, wow, this actually, I love this piece or somebody else loves the piece. Those are all things to think about when we're talking about inventory and when we're talking about presenting our work in the best light that we can and also finding out how we can strike a balance with storage and creating and selling and, you know, creating new pieces and keeping up with what I always talk about, which is the quality and the consistency of your work. So that's something that I just wanted to put out there today as I was thinking about it. We're always talking about keeping our mindset strong and like I was talking about working out and doing strength training and stuff like that. I always talk about diet and routines and breathing and meditation and anti-anxiety stuff. That's all great from your mindset and your body and your physicality, your performance as a human being. But we also have to be doing what's best for our inventory as well and keeping that on point and constantly evolving as we progress as artists. So I just wanted to bring that up. I wanted to give you a couple little things off the top of my head that can give you some food for thought to think about your own inventory. Maybe you're just starting out and you've got you know minimal inventory. That's fine. This is something you can think about as you're planning, as you're progressing, as you're growing your inventory, as you're growing your body of work. Uh, some people don't like the term inventory because they don't like to think of their stuff as objects you know, of commerce, but as you know, fine art, that's fine. You can look at it as inventory or you can look at it as a body of work. Either way, they're fine. They're synonymous. So you can do that as a young artist or as an older artist or mid-career artist. You can also think about some of these things and go, yeah, you know what? Maybe I can free up some space or maybe I can paint over some of these or maybe I can hold some of these off in my private collection and take them down offline to make sure that my portfolio is really shining and it's at its top form. Hopefully this has been helpful and looking forward to bringing you some more episodes, looking forward to bringing you some more interviews. I hope everybody's doing well. Hope you are firing on all cylinders as humans and as artists. Uh, Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Preston will be back. Did you notice how I didn't say I'll be back? Once this entire podcast, I always get frack for saying I'll be back in my political career and everywhere else and things of this nature, but I didn't say I'll be back once. So there, put that in your oversized pipe and smoke it. Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast. I got to give to the chopper. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. 
Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.